Which banks are funding Russian carbon bomb projects? And what's VW's new deal with Canada about? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becca Sphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a climate communicator. Today is Thursday, August 25th. Let's jump right into today's news. Let's start with some extreme weather events. China is officially having the hottest summer in meteorological history since 1962. It's the longest and strongest heat wave in recorded history at 75 days and counting. The previous record was set at 62 days in 2013. As the Washington Post puts it, quote, all-time highs are being broken, often only to be rebroken days later. Wildfires are blazing. Crops are struggling. Ships are running aground from dropping water levels. Factories are staying closed due to hydropower losses. Coal is picking up the energy's demand. Over in the Middle East, at least 20 Afghanis have been killed by flash floods after intense rainfall. While this is Afghanistan's monsoon season, climate change is making these events more extreme. It does this by making these events wetter than they used to be and drying out the landscape beforehand, which means the ground is void of vegetation that can soak up all the water. Climate change also increases glacier melts, which can result in flooding downstream. Meanwhile, a new report by the Global Drought Observatory determined that Europe is in the worst drought it's seen in 500 years. Soil has dried up in 47% of the continent, and another 17 is on drought alert. Harvest is down 16% for grain maize, 15% for soybeans, and 12% for sunflowers. It's only expected to get worse. Flash floods are also currently an issue in the southwestern U.S., Utah had to close parts of its national parks like Moab and Zion. Colorado had to close a highway. 150 tourists in New Mexico got stuck in a cave. And students had to be helped out of their school buses in Arizona as floodwaters rose. Dallas, Texas saw an entire summer's worth of rainfall in a day. When rain falls like this, it doesn't fix drought because it doesn't soak up into the soil. It's just a disaster and then it goes back to being dry. We have one climate study. A new study published by the European Geosciences Union used historical imagery to reconstruct a visual timeline of Switzerland's glaciers to determine that they lost half of their volume between 2031 and 2016. That's equivalent to losing a Manhattan-sized glacier in the span of 10 years each 10 years. They've lost another 16% of their volume in the last six years, too. The pictures between 1935 and 2022 are stark. The Swiss Alps have been going through a heat wave this summer, which surely won't help the situation. Let's look at some climate victories. The Australian coal mine company South32 has chosen to discontinue plans to expand the Dendrobium Metallurgical Coal Mine in New South Wales. It said it didn't see the financial return in expanding it as it's looking into the future of its business model. The expansion was controversial since the New South Wales government overturned a ruling by the state's independent planning committee to block the undertaking. It wanted to block it because it determined the expansion would cause irreversible damage to the regional drinking water. So thankfully, the water there will remain drinkable now. In Europe, three offshore wind farm agreements off Shetland, Scotland were announced this week. They will create a combined power of 2.8 gigawatts of electricity by the time they're fully up and running. That's enough to power 2 million homes. These agreements were made as part of the Crown Estate Scotland Scotwind project. Meanwhile, more than 1,000 EV charging stations will be built across England in a new £20 million scheme by the Department of Transport. 
This is in an effort to prepare the country to meet its goals of phasing out gas and diesel cars by 2030. And on Tuesday, about 50 Just Stop Oil activists blocked critical oil infrastructure in Essex and the Midlands to protest fossil fuels. This came right after a court-granted protest injunction given to the fossil fuel projects for the summer expired. That injunction was granted after several coordinated weeks of protests by the activist group led to fuel shortages in the area. Time for some climate fails. The UK Department of Transport announced London would get its seventh international airport. The Manston Airport was closed in 2014 and will now be back online. Environmental activists have been pushing against the concept because it will increase demand for a hard-to-decarbonize sector. Flying is one of the most carbon-intensive forms of transportation, and there is still no clear way to effectively decarbonize it. Right now, the options are electrification, which can only be done for small planes, biofuel, which right now is putting a strain on the food system and has contributed to deforestation, or hydrogen, which can contribute to global warming if leaked. So one of the best ways to decarbonize is to reduce the demand for flights. One of the low-hanging fruits for this is reducing business flight emissions, which can usually be just a Zoom call instead. Anyways, the Manston Airport will likely add 10,000 more flights and add 23,000 more jobs. Meanwhile, a new study published in the journal Ecological Economics says that England's housing project would blow through the country's carbon budget. England wants to build 300,000 new homes a year, but the study says if these homes are built business as usual, and if the country continues its current trend for increasing existing home efficiency renovations, it will use up 104% of the country's cumulative emissions budget by 2050. Instead, the country needs to radically retrofit existing homes and reduce the number of second homes by reducing people's incentive for buying second homes as a financial investment. Encouraging apartment living can also reduce housing emissions while increasing housing supply. Renovating homes is not only important for reducing energy use, but also for preparing for extreme weather events. Most homes in England don't have air conditioning, for example. A new database by Leave It in the Ground initiative has revealed that U.S. banks are by far the biggest backers of fossil fuel carbon bomb projects in Russia. Wow. Carbon bomb projects are ones in which scientists calculate that they will emit at least 1 million tons of CO2. That's three times the amount the UK emits in a year. On May 13th's episode, we talked about how fossil fuel companies have been quietly planning 195 carbon bomb projects around the world that, if constructed, would definitely push us into catastrophic climate change territory. Russia has 40 of these projects, 19 of which are operated and developed by Russian companies backed by foreign investment like Gazprom and Novatek. The database determines that over 400 financial institutions provide $130 billion or 109 billion pounds of support for these companies. U.S. banks contributed $23.6 billion of that, and $10 billion of that came from J.P. Morgan Chase. Chase is the leading funder of fossil fuel projects. The single biggest contribution by any bank to a Russian carbon bomb was $15.3 billion, which came from the Qatar Investment Authority. Qatar banks provided the second largest source of financial support, and then the UK in third. Let's end today's episode with one more climate victory. In North America, Volkswagen and Mercedes-Benz formed a partnership with Canada to boost domestic battery mineral manufacturing in the country. This happened while Germany's chancellor visited Canada for various energy-related discussions. It also comes after the U.S. dictated in a new Inflation Reduction Act that cars could only get subsidies if their batteries were made in North America. 
Countries and companies are also recognizing how much China has dominated the industry. Volkswagen is targeting an initial capacity of 20 gigawatt hours at the North American plant. And that was your climate recap for Thursday, August 25th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Beckosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.